everyone welcome back i'm well, sam <laughs> welcome back you guys i'm Jeanette. back with another episode you're spilling the behavior tea podcast it's a little low energy today it's a little low energy today um yesterday i had a rough day i had to say goodbye to my fur baby um buddy yesterday morning so it's been really hard um I had him for 12 years. I got him when he was two weeks old. He came to me in a little box on his way to the animal shelter. And um, a friend stopped by to see if I would be interested in keeping him. I wasn't sure if I wanted him or not. But my husband did. And he was with us ever since in 2017 he unfortunately got ivdd and which um, is what it is a disc dc so the their their little disc gets um their their hip disc it depends it could be any of their discs so Mm -hmm. it gets could come out of place or it could Mm get um they could get inflammation Mm -hmm. and when that happens typically dogs get paralyzed from the their little back um legs so that happened to him in 2017 and um you guys google it so you could get more information i don't want to give you guys the wrong information so google it but it's very important that if you guys have uh dogs with little tiny legs even though they love to jump not to let them jump off beds not to let not not to let them jump off high things because eventually it has an effect on them their little legs can't withhold all that weight so back in 2017 when he first went down with it i was told that he probably wouldn't make it past a year because he was in pretty bad shape and um i refused to believe that i took him home the vet told me take him home give him all the cheeseburger he wants because he's not gonna make it you know to he's not gonna make it too much longer that was in 2017 and he lived an amazing life. We did a lot of physical therapy that I learned how to do on YouTube because it's expensive for dogs. They need surgery or they need or and they need physical therapy. I couldn't afford the surgery, so I made sure to give it my all and give him the best care I could at home and we were able to bring him down and he lived an amazing life his whole life. <laughs> his whole life and you you know i wanted to make i wanted to make it a point to say that you know it's 2023 we just started the year and even though i lost my best friend my baby my world i'm not looking at 2020 like i'm not looking at this event or what happened yesterday for me to look at 2023 in a negative look instead i am thankful and i am you got six extra years yes i feel so blessed to have lived that journey with him he came into our family and he he was a little fighter (laughs) he was a little fighter he was he He tried to fight me (laughs) yeah towards the end i knew he was losing it because he would forget who i am (laughs) but he was obsessed with me but yes, um, he came into my family and he was an amazing, an amazing partner for so long. So I am just, I feel so blessed and I feel so thankful that we made it to 2023. Next month, he would have been 12. 
And um, I couldn't ask for anything better. Like that was, you know, for them to tell me he wasn't going to make it past a year and then have him six years after every day I was thankful for it. And that time with him, it was a blessing. It was a blessing. And I'm just thankful for that, which goes into our topic for today because you know even though like i am hurting i'm really sad i have my moments but you know i knew the expectations was that this day was gonna come and yeah. even though like we knew towards then it was coming sooner than what we wanted i mean i had to be realistic with my expectations and know he gave it a good run yeah he gave it a good run but it was time it was time for him to go to doggy heaven and all i could say today is that i hope he's having so much fun up in heaven running and jumping and barking and doing all the fun things he used to do before 2017 came along yeah. and thank you buddy yeah we're sending all the good vibes and all the all the good all the positive vibes yeah over to Jeanette's way thank you thank you guys we know it's hard to lose a pet to lose anybody yeah but Pets are pets have very special places in our hearts. They're part of our families. I know Harley is. Harley's right here with us. If you ever hear breathing, that's Harley. <laughs> I noticed that on the last one, on the last episode, I heard some breathing, and we we're both talking. So I was like, it's not any of us. <laughs> it's Harley. It definitely sucks to lose a pet. Yeah. It will take some time to heal, but I'm glad you're looking at it in a way where it's positive and. You know he's no longer suffering and he's he's in a better place where he can like you said run around and mm -hmm. have the zoomies be happy and not that he wasn't with you of course he was yeah but he's just no longer suffering and living his life yeah and, and you'll get those messages over the weeks over the years from yeah. him i mean i i I've been getting them because i can't stop hearing <laughs> his noises that he used to make and yeah, I think he would want me to look at things in a brighter side. And I also commend you for coming out and doing the podcast today because I know I would be a wreck Thank and you. would not be able to sit here talking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, you know, it took me a while. I had a moment in my car before I walked in the house, but I just, you know, it's, it's just appreciating that time with him mm -hmm. and, you know, moving forward, like, it's not going to do me any good to sit at home and continue to cry. And I'm glad I came because Harley gave me all the loving. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for a couple of weeks, Sam knows that I've been feeling it because I've been having crying sessions. I looked at Har Harley once and I cried because I said, <laughs> I'm going to need you. <laughs> I'm going to need you to get me through this. I feel it coming. Yeah. So, you know, it's just really what keeps me going and keeps me motivated is that he lived one amazing life yes <laughs> so definitely you know. and he was a little he was funny he was a little fighter always barking yeah at everybody he was he was such a salas that's <laughs> my last name my family's last name and he fit so well with us <laughs> he was like one of us trying to fight yeah, and all his cousins, he has a bunch of cousins. All his cousins loved them, and a lot of people loved them. Like, he, I had him for 12 years, so a lot of people got to meet him. So I was getting messages from everyone, and that was 
So it feels so good to know that, you know, he had an impact in many people's lives. He was a little guy, but he was funny. Yeah, he was He was a character. <laughs> yeah, and so Jeanette decided she wanted to share that with everybody because it's something that a lot of us have gone through that. I know I have in the past. And it's just not a fun time. No. But I'm glad that, again, I'm glad you chose to see it from a positive outlook and not let it completely tear you down. No. Because like you said, Buddy would want you to continue on and move on with life yeah. and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. So therefore, we're dedicating this episode to Buddy. Buddy Salas, I hope you're around me all the time. Yes, his he spirit. is. Yeah. He completed his mission. Mm-hmm. He had a great journey and it was only fair that, you know, he rested now. He was tired. He was sick. You know, his little body couldn't take it anymore. And it would only be selfish for me to like want to keep him like that. Mm-hmm. So, no, baby, go spread your wings and fly. Yes. And it's been rough. It's been a rough 24 hours. But I'm glad that I was able to get out of the house and come and do our podcast episode today because it's important for us this is you know and i know that this is the only the best way to like do right by him for me to like continue on our big projects or big dreams so you know snj behavior bliss is our baby and it's important for us and our podcast is important for us and you know you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do but she's also taking the time off to take care of herself yes yesterday this is the only time that she's working (laughs) yeah because we believe in that yeah take care of yourself yeah yesterday i'm holding down the fort while she yeah thank you so much for that you know thank you so much for giving me that space not a problem at all yeah yesterday we um my husband and i took the day to just you know mourn him and and let emotions out in the comfort of our like or the safe space of our home and and yeah but you know we're both on the same mindset that we're at peace with what happened and and just living our best life too just in memory of him because that's all he ever did (laughs) that's all he did he lived his best life so that's really Mm -hmm. Like, it, it does my heart good to know. He lived his best life from beginning to end, yeah. even when he was sick. But, yeah, it was time for him to rest. R.I.P., buddy. Yes. R.I.P. Yeah, so today's episode is all about realistic expectations. Yes, so we're pretty huge on realistic expectations. I think realistic expectations is something that gets overlooked. People don't really think about their expectations and what it might do to their child or to the other person, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially, I mean, we all know that any expectations you set, it's set up for you to get disappointed, obviously. But I had a question for you, Jeanette. Yes. Do you feel that parents should tell their kid their expectations? I think so. No. I think so. Why is that? I mean, I think it, sh- it, it could be a conversation. It's a, it could be a two-way conversation. And if you are going to be that parent that's going to communicate with your child the expectations that you have for them, be willing to accept the fact that your 
kids are going to have expectations for you as well and we have to set expectations that are very very realistic and you know with that comes it's like every child is different so don't look at what the next kid is doing and then place those expectations on your kid because we do that mm-hmm. even if we want to admit it or not as parents we do tend to compare our kids to other kids and then that's where the unrealistic expectations come from be real with yourself I agree. I also think that parents should be transparent with their kids about expectations because we're not mind readers, right? And it, I feel like it leaves room for anger from a parent's side. And, and it's kind of just like, okay, well, I'm, I'm a kid. How was I supposed to know that? Like, you didn't tell me mm-hmm. those are your expectations of me. But it also comes back to like, it being age appropriate right mm-hmm. so what this kid at 12 is doing is not going to be the same thing that this kid at six is doing and it also it also requires taking into consideration where your kid individually is at right because they they may not be on the same level developmentally as another child mm-hmm. which goes back to the comparing right so yeah. we definitely don't want to compare our kids to other kids, you know, cousins, sisters, friends, whatever. And then you also want to take into consideration their abilities mm-hmm. depends on what they're able to do. What you've done in your part to contribute to them being able to do what they can do. Yeah. If that makes sense. Just know that every child has a different ability. And, you know, the more realistic you are with yourself is the less disappointment you're gonna face because which helps you and your child yeah and then so that disappointment doesn't come from your child when you set unrealistic expectations you're disappointing yourself because you weren't real with yourself and like i said it's really hard i've been there as a parent i've done it and you don't really realize you're doing it but the more you are aware of this the better you are at pinpointing those acts of let me go look at what little Tommy over there is doing and you know my kid should be doing that like no because maybe little Tommy over there can't do some of the things your child could do yes so that's very important to like think about yeah agreed and it doesn't mean if your child can't do something that another child can't it's not negative nor it Please don't see it as that way. Again, setting realistic expectations will help you both in the long run. It also helps. We preach this many, 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 many times because we've done it within when we've worked with our clients, but celebrating small wins, breaking goals down into smaller goals, smaller, more achievable goals sets them up for success sets you up for success i know i do that in my goals in my own life even in my everyday things like if i'm trying to clean my room i'm like okay this day i'm doing these two i'm cleaning out these two things this other day i'm cleaning out these other two things i'm not um i set myself up for success because i know myself and i know that if i expect myself to do the my entire room all at once Mm -hmm. i am going to be disappointed in myself but I know that I can do two things up and finish it within a day. And that makes me feel better because, hey, I got it done. Yeah. 
And I'm more likely to get it done because if I do a little bit each day by the end of the week, I'm I'm further off than I would have been if I if I tried to do it all at once and got discouraged because I didn't get it done. Yeah, and it happens. It happens where if you think about it, like you maybe a lot of a lot of you like I know I have I've said that phrase many times where I say I have so much to do, mm-hmm. I don't know where to start. Yep. And then what do you do? You end up doing absolutely nothing yeah and then you tell yourself i'll try again tomorrow but like sam said if you don't have a plan in place it is harder i mean it's not impossible but it's harder yeah in my opinion i've been both people i've been both a not planner and a planner and i like being a planner more just because i get more things done Mm -hmm. faster than before so yes that is something that you know we want to encourage parents to think about when it comes to setting those expectations you know they are good but like i said it's a two-way street and don't take it personal or don't feel some type of way when we tell you that you know listen to your child's expectations of you as well because that's very important too their little voices matter too yes agreed it helps build that strong communication you know you're giving their voice power and that's something that needs to be done because that's not something in the past that you know a lot of us grew up understanding or realizing or feeling like our voice as little people had power and like you know the the change we see it now it's a different time and little little voices should have power too and it helps them later in life when they need to advocate for themselves or for somebody else makes them not as timid or scared to try another big thing is to be patient and trust the process please be patient if you think you're patient be more patient Mm It definitely helps. You can definitely see a difference when you are patient with your child. I know it can be hard. Mm -hmm. I've seen it many times. If you need to, take a second and take a break from them and take some deep breaths to kind of re-energize your patients. Redirect yourself. (laughs) Yes, redirect yourself. Yeah. Try to do as much as you can in order to be patient because it really makes a difference when you're because your kids see that they see that you are trying to be patient and even if they may not say it they appreciate it and it helps also helps them know that little steps little steps at a time that when you take little steps at a time those are big wins and so it helps with the whole process of celebrate the little wins and that makes that makes kids want to keep trying more and more and more one big one that i've kind of learned throughout my career in the behavior field it's something that i never really paid attention to or thought about but how every single little factor can affect a kid down to the most minuscule detail and i've learned that working with kids with special needs but like to see it in front of my face and see it actually happen like it's so nuts and how now my brain if i work with a kiddo like as soon as somebody tells me a behavior i'm like okay factors what right away i'm just like okay what contributed to this what happened did the kid get enough sleep did was there a change in their schedule what there are so many things that could impact them and to be honest that that's kind of when i'm just like okay what impacts me 
when my mood changes, what impacts me when something happens. It it does take a lot of internal work um, and putting yourself in their shoes and being empathetic and just taking all those factors into consideration. What has changed? What is different? They may not know it, but subconsciously it does change them. Mm-hmm. It does make them act a certain way or do something out of the ordinary and then another big thing that you know we always talk about and we always encourage our parents our clients is not to be afraid when you're setting those expectations and goals not to be afraid to go back to the drawing board every time you need to do it yes we preach so much that this is trial and error yeah like It's ridiculous how trial and error things are. Things are not always going to be the same from kid to kid. You could have two kids in the same household and they may not work off the same program. Different personalities. Different everything. Different factors. Different things that could affect them. It's nuts. I'm a person who's very fascinated with the brain and psychology and why people do the things they do. Jeanette can vouch for me. I really (laughs) wanted to dissect this person who was a pathological liar. Like, I really wanted... I was so curious. Like, I don't even want to judge. I just want to know what was going on with that person to make them want to... Like, to make them pathologically lie. And I feel like that's just... For me, at least, it really it goes into me working with children too like why are they why did they do the things they do like i'm genuinely curious but anyways that was off topic (laughs) (laughs) when we talk about setting those expectations it's up to you it's up to you whatever you feel is important for you and your household for you and your family unit sit down write them down and when we say setting realistic expectations we mean like please don't make your child Work, 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 and no play. Balance. Please balance. That's just one example. But we advocate so much for play and breaks and not continuously working while you're a child. You have your whole life to work. Kids should be able to play and have a good balance of doing work, school work, extracurricular activities, and play. Play is especially important. It may not seem like it is, but it is. Play is learning too. Yes. Yeah. Play is socializing. Play is learning. Play is a lot more than we know or than we think we know. Always go back and reassess situations, figure out what needs to be adjusted. Just understand that it's trial and error. Yeah. It may take many tries. It may take one try. Yeah. We never know. Consistency is key. And like we said, make everything age appropriate. That's the big encouragement that we have when you're setting those expectations at home, with your kids, with your family members. Those are some of the pointers or tips we have when creating expectations with your child. Please be transparent if you can as much as possible because kids are not mind readers and celebrate the small wins break things down into small goals understand things are trial and error take all factors into consideration and please be patient be patient and when you need to go back reassess reevaluate the situation and what needs to be done 
any tweaks that need to be made in order to better implement those expectations but please be realistic make sure there's a good balance as much as possible and do what you preach because if you sit down with your children at home and you guys have this big talk about the expectations that you guys have for each other remember to always try to keep up your end of the deal and respect your child's expectations as well and also this is a big one and i mean you can decide if you want to do this or not but like if you're saying for your kid to get off the ipad for you're you're only giving them an hour of ipad time a day and they're seeing you on your phone for more than an hour a day please be mindful of that and be mindful that they're seeing that and in the back of their mind they might be saying like okay well why does she get to (laughs) or why does he get to do that and i can't you know it's got to go both ways yeah unless like you know a lot of us work a lot from our phones so you know we might look at it as well it's our business like they're the kids i'm the parent but you know if you do have to work a lot from your phone you know explaining that to your child it's not going to cost you anything you know it's not going to cost you anything and then they don't just sit there thinking that in their heads and just you know holding that and just let them create something negative in them and you know at least you're explaining to them so let's just get out of that mindset where well i'm the parent and they're the kids and they just do as i say Mm -hmm. because (laughs) i said so mentality yeah like you know that was the old school mentality Mm -hmm. and like like i said like we are in a different time and you know we have to start respecting these little voices it helps them in their future it helps them you know when they are out there we're in the workforce and you know when they are out there adulting in life (laughs) It helps them prepare them for that time. Helps them advocate for themselves. And you know what? Like, I always go back to working in different school settings, Mm -hmm. different, working in different cultural settings. I've, I've seen it where, like, for one case, it could be that we grew up in a time where our parents had that mentality where you do as I say. Mm not as I do mm-hmm. and then seeing a different environment where kids grow up more with their voices being heard and you see it in their education like not in, not their education but you see it in them like the uh, these kids grow up being more secure about themselves mm-hmm. these kids we've seen kids give out like big speeches like they're running for yeah. political spots already oh, and yeah, so you see the difference in like the environments and the different culturals and just seeing you know kids whose little voice you could hardly hear and then seeing another group where their voices are loud and heard and clear and so i've that that has left a big impact in me where i'm like wow to me that's that going through that and seeing that for myself was amazing it's definitely different when you see it in your face like we talk a lot about everything that's that we've done and we've seen throughout our careers like this is why we feel we are able to speak on these things because we've seen it firsthand we've witnessed it firsthand and we've done these things Mm -hmm. 
So, and many times, not just once or twice, but mm-hmm. we've done them many times. We've seen the success in it, and it's we just want to pass on that information and help others mm-hmm. and you're gonna take from each episode that we have you're gonna take what you feel you need to take from it mm-hmm. whatever works for yeah. you we don't want to be like do this do this do that it's just this is yeah. what we are suggesting we are giving you an insight of what we've seen out there what we've experienced what we have tried for ourselves when we're working different behavioral plans and um we're giving you the insight for you to take what you need to take from it if it's anything and work with this at home and see how it helps you improve maybe you already have like a good um flow going but you never know you just might want to work tweak tweak it a little bit here and there so we're giving you this information for you to take the tools that you need from it and do what you need to do with it and if you're just here to hear the chisme that we're welcoming you as we'll well <laughs> but like guys like we said like we're not here telling you that our way is the best way we're just giving you the insight of what has worked for us in the past, in the different cases that we've worked through. And we've worked many, many cases. Yeah. <laughs> uh, parents' expectations of school staff. I haven't heard anybody talk about this. Nobody, have you? No, I have not, actually. I just feel like it's so needed because, to be honest, in different districts, kids fall through the cracks and that's not acceptable, at least not in my book. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of something that we advocate for too. So some of the tips we have is, I mean, it depends on the aid that your kiddo may have or the staff that may be at your school. The staff at the school may be wonderful and amazing which is great for you. I love that for you. But there there may be other districts that aren't the best and maybe they aren't aware of it, but this is just some of the things that we feel parents should look out for for their kiddo. Mm-hmm. So in terms of an aid for your kiddo, what's up? I was going to say, you guys, listen closely. <laughs> We're giving you good insights about the working in a district or, you know, little insights that you should know as a parent. So in terms of an aid for your child please understand that paras are one person and we can't do everything Mm-mm. most parents i feel like understand that yeah most do we are not superheroes but we're close yeah um <laughs> we really are <laughs> and all paras out there good job amazing job paras are the assistant in your child's classroom, either with one-on-one or in a group se- setting. They usually help your kiddo either with behaviors or with uh, academics. Mm-hmm. Majority of them help the teacher with anything they need help with. I know that when I was a para, I would always help my teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would make sure my kiddo had all their needs met and then I would help the teacher as much as possible trying to get things off their plate because I know they have a lot on their plate as well so it's important to help them but uh, if you have a good para chances are they are st- they have a strategic plan in, in place for your child they may not implement a ton of programs all at once but they may implement the most important ones first and then eventually get to the more minuscule little details um, so just trust if they're good para please trust them 
that they're doing the right thing. However, at the same time, please stand up for your kid, advocate for them if their para is not doing anything. Yes. Um, so we've, we've witnessed that. one too many. <laughs> yeah, we've um, seen that too many times. But yes, you. I'm sure you all want the best for your kiddo. And one way to do that is to advocate for them and make sure they have the best of the best. Yeah, because we touched based on it on our last episode where paraprofessionals, um, they do a lot in the school setting. And, you know, to be honest, like, I don't know that a day would go as smoothly as it should go without paraprofessionals. They put in a lot of work Mm -hmm. and a lot of the time their work goes unnoticed so you know shout out to all the paraprofessionals out there doing their thing and changing the world every day by being supportive to these kids because a lot of paraprofessionals have close relationships with many kids in the in in your child's school and um i know i still do yeah so it's 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 find that balance because you want to make sure that if you you have a child that has a one-on-one at school you want to make sure that you do if you're able to in most cases you're able to talk to them but it depends on the district's policy but have a good relationship with them be honest with them back them up when they need it back them up when they need it and um you know like the same thing with them like set those expectations and talk to them about it and let them know what it is that you want your child to be working on and i know that they probably most likely have an educational plan set up in the classroom already for your child but your voice needs to be heard too so make sure you are always aware of what's going on if if you have a child that um that's able to communicate with you how their day went ask them about it you know ask them details ask them specific questions yeah because it's not i mean how's your day good that's an open-ended question maybe asking something like what was the favorite thing your favorite thing that you learned today make it specific Mm -hmm. so that they can think of something and really because chances are a lot of people i mean if you ask them their favorite thing they did most likely it'll be recess um but asking them something specific about what they learned mm-hmm. may make them dig a little deeper and um you can it's some sort of communication whether it's written communication with the paraprofessional that's working with your kid you just try to find a way where there's daily communication some some classrooms or some schools allowed for a maybe a uh, notebook notes from communication log communication logs but you know just it's important for you to know big details that happen in the school if anything happened that may affect your kid in one way or another so another thing is also if you feel and asking these questions it's going to help you figure things out like if you feel that the paraprofessional that's working with your kiddo if they're not a good match talk to the teacher about it please say something say something talk to whoever you need to talk to to switch them them because you know sometimes it's just it's the it's not a good fit and it's it's nobody's fault but it needs to change yeah sooner the better yeah so um, if you feel like it's just not going to work out for my kid, my kid doesn't feel it with this paraprofessional, talk to someone about it. 
and you know what for pair professionals too like if you feel like it's not a good fit you should also voice your opinion about it mm -hmm. or voice your words and you know we don't want kids and parents to be stuck together for a whole school year if the fit's just not there mm -hmm. it's not going to do anyone any good i mean the bottom line is to just advocate and make sure everything possible is being done for your kiddo in on all in all aspects in services that they should be getting in with their paras with their teachers everything just make sure that it's all getting done for them because your kiddo deserves that mm -hmm. and we've seen injustices where some kids don't get the the proper services that they deserve and that's not fair that's not okay it's not legal mm -hmm. i mean same with with teachers mm -hmm. understand they are one person they can't do everything mm -hmm. and give them some wine no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, just understand they're going through a lot. They have a lot on their plates. They have families too. They, they will not be open home. every hour of the day. Respect that and don't Please take it personal. Please respect that. Do not take it personal. They are human beings mm -hmm. too. And I guess that's going to move us to number three, the para expectations. Para expectations of parents. So our expectations of you. Because we have them too. Because expectations are two-way street, right? Yeah. Realistic expectations gotta go both ways yeah a big one of ours that we've always said is for parents to do their part mm -hmm. our job cannot end at the end of school mm -hmm. it needs to continue at home which is partly why we started snj behavioral bliss exactly, right yeah. so that we could help parents continue at home mm -hmm. um continue helping their kiddo at home continue implementing whatever the parent is implementing you could always try to communicate with the para as we mentioned before and get some sort of plan with going with them and ask them what they're doing at school that you could continue doing at home mm -hmm. or if you guys have aba services going on at home let the parent know what's going on at home that way they can continue it at school etc etc yeah it's sad to see, and I know a lot of paraprofessionals are going to feel us on this when we put in so much work student, working with a student, and then they go home, and then the work stops there. And it's a free-for-all. When that happens, it's us starting all over again every in the morning. morning. Yeah. Every morning. I so. mean, not completely. It just gives like a little regression to where it's like, okay, now we got to go through this again in the morning. And so it's just much better for everybody if it just flows and it's continued at home. And then it just runs as a fluid circle, mm -hmm. a fluid cycle. Yeah. Whatever. And then also just, as we said before, back us up. If we need it, help us advocate for your child. If, I mean, most parents have your kiddo's best interest in mind and truly care about your kiddo. And they just, chances are they're often advocating for them. And chances are your para is actively advocating for your child every mm -hmm. single day in any and which lots of different scenarios. And... It just helps if you are backing us up. Again, if they are a good para and if they their heart is in the right place, just try not to go against us because we just have your kid's best interest in mind and hopefully your para is open-minded so you guys can 
work together. together as a team is the best way to go yes it's the best way to go and the reason why we keep pointing out if you're able to have communication with them because every district is different every district has different policies and reality is that a lot of the times for some reason districts aren't open to paraprofessionals and parents having that open communication which is nuts it's nuts but i think like i said it goes back to the respect like they feel or, or they think that paraprofessionals aren't for some reason are not gonna know how to communicate with parents and may say say the wrong thing which is why we're not allowed in the ips too i guess yeah and but you know, that's another story be good to the paraprofessionals that put in the hard work but keep an eye out to be able to identify the paraprofessional that might not be a good match with your child and you advocate know, advocate for them and we've had we've had cases where we've seen people in the field that should not be in the field they do mm-hmm. more damage than not yep and um i know that everyone out there has probably <laughs> a co-worker like that or two and you guys feel what we're or saying seven. as paraprofessionals we wish we could tell you hey you might want to look out for the paraprofessional that's working with your kid like we wish we could do that but unfortunately our hands are tight and uh, and we can't so it's up to you as a parent to be vigilant of that and make sure you're involved and you're asking the right questions and make sure that your presence is known at the school that they know i rather have not not to be insulting but what we would call them annoying parents that are always one i rather have those parents because i know they're trying yeah like of course they're always here in the picture but it that tells me that because those are the parents that are trying who care really and they really who want care, to who, want to make a change yeah and it's sad to say i literally had cases where i haven't seen mom or dad all school year same i'd rather have those cases where mom's always there mom you know obviously find that balance <laughs> find that balance because mm-hmm. you as a paraprofessional have to you know be take trusted care of your mental mental health care mm-hmm. and you know because you have a life we have lives too but yes. like i said find that balance but i'd rather have a parent who's involved than not because that tells me my hard work you're you're putting in the same amount of work i'm putting in i added this one because i felt it a lot throughout my career and it's don't let us be more proud of your child than you are that's happened to me many times feel like nobody talks about that and i feel like i've felt this many times and it's sad i mean definitely i've had my cases where parents are as as proud if not prouder which i love those cases mm-hmm. i'm like yes we could celebrate at the same time we're so excited your kid didn't scribble on this paper on his homework for the first time ever those are milestones believe it or not yeah um but it's sad to me and i i've seen the kiddo see it when i'm more proud of them than their parent is mm-hmm. so please even if you're over exaggerating or faking it please just show your support show your show how proud you are of your child Mm -hmm. for even the smallest things because they will feel it they will appreciate it they love it we're here to be real i've had cases where 
I had maybe a student get better grade than he did last time or she did last time on her test and I'm here doing the happy dance for them and cheering them on and then time to go home they hear oh wow like why didn't you get them all correct mm-hmm. what happened why didn't you do better and you just see the kiddo's face drop and that sucks that's yeah. the worst yeah so just celebrate every milestone yes even if that means oh look my child got one less wrong than he did last time mm-hmm. like yay that's great yeah and that comes with setting those unrealistic expectations and then you mm-hmm. feel disappointed and then you only did it to yourself that's real <laughs> true truth yes you just did it to yourself it is what it is and we're gonna tell it how it is i mean that kiddo that didn't scribble on their homework for the first time ever i was like crying like almost crying excited and happy for that kiddo and my coworker as well like we were doing the happy dance and jumping up and down and just so happy and when it came time to tell mom she was just like oh and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and the kiddo was just so sad. And that's, it sucks to see them that way because then it's like, okay, then why am I doing it? Yeah. Like from their perspective, it's just like, okay, then why am I doing this if you don't really care? And we're telling you this because we've heard it from the kids. I've yes. literally had students tell me when I tell them, oh my God, you did amazing today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but my mom's not going to think that because I didn't get them all right. Mm-hmm. I've literally had students mm-hmm. tell me that. And Sam has, been there to witness that yep. and um it's sad it's sad it to see does. that like, and it, it just breaks their spirit and it breaks our hearts yeah to see them that way and it, they shouldn't be feeling like that like just imagine you putting in all your hard work and then you get that in return you're like why do i why am i even gonna try exactly so yeah just discourages just, them in the long run yeah so and that's a big thing about you know being realistic and this is not to say oh never push your kids to do better or do more but there is a way to do it but celebrating those small milestones pushes them to the next level and pushes them to the next step even if it takes their own pace Mm -hmm. to do so yeah it really does it's the way you go about it Mm -hmm. and this is why we're talking about that today because sometimes we don't think about it Mm -hmm. we don't think about it so yeah i mean i can totally see like if a parent was just like oh like they didn't see it as a big deal because they don't see the kiddo in everyday day-to-day school Mm -hmm. stuff or they had a rough day and they just were in a hurry to leave or whatever but like i said even if you're over exaggerating even if you're faking it just try Mm -hmm. to make it known that you are proud of them it makes such a difference i i tell you this because i've done it myself i've I've been that parent where i my expectations were so high i set those expectations so high for the simple fact that i wanted my kid to do more than me than i ever did do better than i ever did so at that point i was just trying to fulfill something from me mm-hmm. not from because my child about you rather yeah. than your kid yeah and chances are at the end of the day they go the complete opposite way mm-hmm. because they were pushed yeah so much and unfortunately that's something that i did we did a lot as parents because we we were some baby kids growing <laughs> up we were like something else as dad and i <laughs> 
So when it came for us to be parents, we wanted more, more because mm -hmm. we didn't achieve more. So it's me trying to live vicariously through your son. Yeah, like me just saying, you know what? Like I wasn't able to achieve this. So now you are. So now I'm going to put it on my kids back and to carry that load. And mm -hmm. I wasn't able to do it. So I'm going to make sure you, you do it. Mm -hmm. So it's how is that fair to my kid? And when, when, when child did become an adult and now that we have these, these conversations and the communication, he's told me before, like you were reflecting what you wanted from your life on me. Mm -hmm. And that was too much for me. Like even when I tried, it was never enough. Mm -hmm. It was never enough. And this is why I'm sitting here telling you this because I did it myself. I went through that. And now I have, I'm able to have that, that conversation with him, with him where he could tell me what this did to him. And now I could share that with you guys to maybe help you see how it's going to have an effect on them later. And it did because <laughs> I had said these high expectations, but I pushed my kids so hard that it turned around and backfired and slapped me in the face because that the that he got to a point where he's like i don't want to do it anymore i don't want to do school anymore and i was like what i, I was dead she was genuinely confused yeah <laughs> i was there yes because like we went hard on his education career life to get him to that point what did he have left like he had no energy left for it mm -hmm. and at that point i couldn't force him and now i have to let him find his way but at the end of the day is he a menace to society no is he on drugs no is he doing bad shit out in the world not that i know of. does he have a good heart he has an amazing is he heart. a good kid he and he is that doesn't matter yeah and he works very hard he's mm -hmm. a hard-working kid so you know just like i said we like we said just be realistic with the expectations celebrate every small win and just Keep being that motivating factor for your kiddos because they really need it. They live in a world where uh, it's so many demands placed on them. You know, it's just we have to find. It's about finding that balance and finding the gentle way of doing things. Mm -hmm. with Respectful them. and understanding yeah. way of doing things. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I like that I have those experiences because we could bring them to the podcast. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and help other people. Yeah, and it's not just us being in the career, but also experiencing those moments. In our personal well. lives, yeah. in our real life, in our... And then maybe one day we're going to have to um, invite Angel <laughs> so he could give us his perspective on things. That'd be but interesting. This the the what what we've been through. It's we share with you guys, so you guys could, like I said, just take what you need from it. And I wish we could like I I can't wait to get to that point where we start having guests because I want feedback. Yeah, I want feedback because our way is not the only way. Yeah, exactly. and you parents out there have so much experience that you guys can share with the world, and we want to hear your voices. Ours is just the way. But it's not the only way. It's a way. It's a way. And like that I, we've seen work. Yeah. And we feel like it could help 
be well. Yeah. But we also want to hear from you, from the parents and the paraprofessionals and everyone in the field. So, mm-hmm. so we could have a little bit of everything, a little bit of everything, and then take what we need from that little bit of everything. Because this week you might take something, next week you might need something different. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about the podcast is that you could always go back and listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. So last but not least, we have, I mean, there could be many different expectations of from this person to this person but we also thought of uh para's expectations of i want to say school staff and admin or other school staff and admin mostly because paras get overlooked often and our voices are teeny tiny and we can use some amplification so with other teachers other staff members like really helping us advocate or helping us advocate for ourselves as well as for our kiddos any of that is greatly appreciated we it may not seem like it but we feel like we are seen as the help and that needs to change we just I mean, at least from admin, Mm -hmm. we need to, things need to change. Like, we need to be seen with more respect and just basic human decency because it just does not work like that for us. Yeah. And you know what? If we have any admin people listening, we have amazing people that work there. But you know, you know who you are. Mm -hmm. We've had many people because they're sitting in that nice comfy office because the districts are always the nicest treat us some type of way treat paraprofessionals some type of way i just feel like nobody in the admin or higher ups really thinks about Paris. Yeah. And I want to say this right now. Like, I want to do a call out to because eventually we want to have Paris come on the podcast and share their experiences. So, right now, I want to tell you guys if you are willing and wanting to come on the podcast, shoot us an email because eventually, when we do get to that episode, I don't know when we'll get to it, but we want to have a list of people that we could invite. Because it's just two voices here. So we need to hear from many more. So people could get a better idea of what we're trying to do here. We're just trying to make that change for everyone in the field, the kids, the the, the parents. The, the Our mission is to change things for paraprofessionals as well. Because it's needed. Mm-hmm. It's needed. And the only way this is going to happen is for people to start talking about what what expectations we have as paraprofessionals and what we need changed and we talked it we talked about it in our last episode where it what we're saying is real and it's proven in the fact that a lot of districts are struggling to get paraprofessionals on board and keeping them and keeping them as well as teachers and other staff members but yeah I mean, we can mostly speak on paraprofessionals because we've been in that mm-hmm. situation. And like we've said before, compensation is laughable. So that in and of itself needs to be changed. I think first and foremost, because there's just no way that we get paid enough for that. Yeah. This is our village and all voices matter. And we want to hear your voice. But yeah, so that's all we have for realistic expectations this week. If you have any other tips or pointers that you feel should have gone in realistic expectations, please let us know. 
so we could share reach them. out so we can share them at the uh beginning of next episode yes that that we should do that like that should be a thing like so yeah so we hope to hear from you guys and we hope to you guys tune in next thursday mm-hmm. i think next thursday is a good one next thursday is about caregiver mental health Mm. so i'm excited for that one we moved that one up because i was like that needs to be mm-hmm. done way ahead of time yeah i'm so glad i i did me. decide to come on and do the podcast episode today it's really helped me in this moment <laughs> at least distract me yeah. and i just want to leave you guys with this and i just make sure that not everything that happens in life it's not always negative like things happen for a reason so it's the way you look at life you know and um just be thankful for every moment be thankful for every moment and just try to see the good in everything of course that's not always possible but if you can it's gonna help you a lot <laughs> So thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Bye. We'll we'll tune in next Thursday. Bye. Bye.